Hey there guys, it's David again, uh, of course, uh, Comic-Con official day one of 2012, um, wasn't quite as fruitful as I'd hoped because I didn't get into the Disney panel that I'd been hoping on, and I, uh, didn't really get to talk to anyone about it either, I know there was some stuff about Frank and Weenie, and Wreck-It Ralph, and, um, Oz the Great and Powerful, and then they surprised people with showing, uh, a couple of minutes from the Lone Ranger, but, um, I didn't really get to talk to anyone, but, uh, the good news is that our meetup tonight was a smashing success, lots of people showed up, some, uh, some listeners, some other, uh, podcasters, um, friends like, friends like Paul Gobel, and, and, and people that I had not met before, like, uh, Kate from the Televerse podcast, who was a whole lot of fun. Um, what I do have for you today, after this, is a brief talk with Patrick Starr, friend of the show, Patrick Starr, from Pretend for Real Studios, because he, uh, while he also didn't get into the Disney panel, he was in there for the Jackie Chan panel for his movie, uh, which is, uh, I'm not sure what it's called, it's uh, advertised as CZ12, but that stands for Chinese Zodiac 2012, so I guess that's the name of the movie, uh, I'm not sure, but he was, and he was also in there for the Expendables 2 panel with uh, Sebastian Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Randy Couture, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Dolph Lundgren, and Terry Crews, and he's got some fun stuff to impart uh, to you from that, that, uh, will be up after this. As far as what I saw today, um, um, movie-related, at least, I went to the, I went to some other panels, but as far as movie-related, I went to the Masters of the Web panel, which had lots of, um, uh, people from websites that, uh, that we certainly, uh, look up to, such as, you know, MovieLine and Movies.com and, you know, Screen Crush and lots of, lots of cool people like that, uh, that we got to see talk, um, and also, uh, Carl Urban and the producers of Dread were there, so, um, there was a lot of talk about Dread, um, I'm trying to think what I have to impart to you, uh, I was really impressed with someone whose work I had not followed before, but was certainly in the future, uh, a woman named Molly Elf, Molly Elfman, um, she had a perhaps the best, uh, sort of advice of the panel to, to people like us, to, to people like me and Tyler, to critics, uh, movie critics, um, her advice was to never write anything that you wouldn't say to a filmmaker's face, and, uh, I don't think I'd ever thought about it in such bold or, or, or straightforward terms before, but, uh, I think that is, uh, that definitely is involved in my philosophy of, uh, writing reviews of films. Um, uh, you know, basically the idea of sticking to opinions that you want to stand by. So, um, I was, I was really happy with that part of the panel. Um, like I said, the dread stuff was there and it kind of overtook the panel and, you know, I didn't get to see the movie. It, it, it sounds interesting. It sounds uh, incredibly violent, uh, which I uh, respond to in some cases, not in others. Um, but we'll see how that movie turns out with the critics. I mean, the the buzz from the screening last night was pretty good, though um, we'll see how 
that holds up outside of the sort of echo chamber that Comic Con is. Um, the other, the other thing that I got to see today, which was honestly, I, I hope I can impart to you how cool this panel was. This is the other thing I saw. It was called the Science of Science Fiction, and it was uh, screenwriters, uh, TV and and film writers who write science fiction and talking about uh, consulting with scientists to make sure that the science in their science fiction has some basis in reality. Um, and it, 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 in literal terms, a lot of it was TV-based, uh, which I, I won't bore you with here because it's a film podcast. Uh, I went mostly for TV reasons because I knew Jane Espenson would be there, and I am uh, an enormous, enormous almost ridiculous uh, fan of Jane Espenson's work, um, so that was definitely what drew me to it. Uh, but it was Jane Espenson and, and people who wrote on things like uh, Eureka, which I, which I uh, sadly never watched. But um, there was some interesting movie-related stuff, including John Spates, who wrote um, was a co-writer on Prometheus and, and was, wrote the first draft, I think, before it was even called Prometheus. And, and he talked about... Um, his idea based on science, which had to do with the idea that earlier in Earth's history, there was a, uh, a pretty steady sort of cycle of ice ages. And um, the, one of the main reasons that human life was able to find a foothold and grow was because those ice ages stopped. So his early idea for Prometheus was that um, you know, the people that uh, would end up in Prometheus being called the engineers, and this isn't a spoiler because the the screenplay changed so much, but the, the engineers came to Earth and, and, and set up life partially by changing things, putting an end to those ice ages and allow, allowing human life, human life uh, to grow. And I found that really interesting. There was also the team... Um, a couple guys who wrote both Thor and X-Men First Class, and they talked about some uh, scientific ideas they they had from Magneto. They talked specifically about the, the science of Magneto and how, you know, controlling magnetism, they kind of have to put a limit on it, almost, because um, in theory, he could do almost anything by controlling the magnetic pull of the Earth. Uh, they also joked a little bit about whether why Magneto uses his hands to guide things, whether or not he even needs to. Is that just for show that he holds his hand up to uh, to make magnets or metals uh, do things? Um, but also they talked more theoretically about the idea of, of science, that it doesn't necessarily have to be true science. They just have to make a world in which the science works. Their, their, their example was Thor's hammer, um, which doesn't you know have a lot of uh, uh, relatable earthly scientific basis, but the idea is or their notion is that as long as they create a consistency with the magic slash science stuff that they create, as long as they create rules and stick to them, that the audience will accept it. So, um, I, I wish I could remember the exact quote, but it's it's not 
uh, they, they said it, it doesn't matter to the audience how Thor's hammer works. It's just that it works in the same way all the time. Uh, and, I, and I, you know, as a sort of if fan of uh, the theory of film and, and, and filmmaking, I found that uh, really fascinating and relatable and definitely something I believe in, that, uh, I, you know, I will buy anything as long as the world of the film believes it and is consistent with it. You know, if they, if they sell it to me in a way that I can believe, I will continue to believe it. So, uh, that was a really, the, the science of science fiction was a really fascinating panel, and uh, it's, uh, as I take it, it's a yearly thing, I've never been to one of these before, but I think in future years I will make the science of science fiction a, uh, a regular stop for me, because it was a, a really fascinating panel. So I'm glad I got to tell you guys about that, and um, in a second I will play my uh, talk with uh, Patrick Starr about uh, Jackie Chan's film and about The Expendables 2. And, um, you know, hopefully tomorrow night I'll be able to get some thoughts on the Disney panel, since I missed it, and hopefully I'll be in there for maybe Paranorman and uh, maybe the Sony panel, too. If not, I'll, 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 I'll try and get some other people's thoughts on it so you can get some updates here from Comic-Con. So, uh, thank you for listening, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you again next week. Here's Patrick Star. Hey guys, it's uh, it's David here, and I'm standing here with uh, Patrick Star, friend of the show, Patrick Star from uh, Pretend for Real Studios and other such ventures, um, and I wanted to get his opinion on both the Jackie Chan Chinese Zodiac 2012 panel and the Expendables 2 panel featuring Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Randy Couture, Terry Crews, and Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> so first, uh, Jackie Chan, what was your experience like? Well, Jackie Chan's really hard to understand. <laughs> I imagine we are too right now with the with the noise. Yes, uh, English clearly isn't his first language, um, but it looks like a Jackie Chan movie. <laughs> um, I mean, it looks like it was like his old movies, like his Chinese movies. He he clearly can't be doing it. And it must be slower than whatever I imagine it to be. And the trailers edited really well, but you think they like removed frames? Like uh... they did they did something, and I'm I'm sure the logistics of the setups are not. Kind of hope. 
Guys, kind of an 80s action movie, but it wasn't like a great 80s action movie. It was just an okay 80s action movie. But I think Expendables 2 looks like they got to do everything they had wanted to do. And so it, it looks insane, but seeing the, the, the best thing about the, the entire panel was Stallone and Schwarzenegger essentially sitting next to each other and talking. And Stallone comes off as a super intelligent guy, very funny, and Schwarzenegger comes off as a little bit of a politician. <laughs> saying all of his lines from Kindergarten Cop. Uh, he was interrupting other people whenever he felt that it would be funny to say it's not a tumor or anything. And, um, it, was, it was humorous, but not for the reasons that Stallone was humorous, which were, he was saying generally funny things and had good observations. Um, and it was a celebration of everything that made those movies what they were. What did they show? They showed the trailer, which I, I imagine it's a trailer that you can see online. I don't think it was a new trailer. And they showed a clip that appeared to be like in an airport terminal. And it was just the entire Expendables team taking out a bunch of bad guys. And I guess Jean-Claude Van Damme is the villain, which I don't think I'm ruining anything. I think it's right. It's very well known. Particularly well edited or exciting, but it was just. Was it, was it Buddy? It was. They were like throat slits, and it's going to be rated R. If, I mean, I don't. I, was there a debate? There was a debate because the original story was that Chuck Norris would only do it if it was PG-13. That's right. That's right. Um, no, that was clearly R-rated material. There was, yeah, but I, I think they realized Chuck Norris isn't enough of a draw to like make that sacrifice. Yes, he did get probably the third largest applause uh, when his name came up. Um, uh, Schwarzenegger got a standing ovation. Um, Stallone probably deserved one, but didn't didn't quite get one. They all did, got one at the end. Did we know that Schwarzenegger was going to be at the panel? Yes. Oh, okay. He was scheduled to be there. Uh, Van Damme was also scheduled to be there, but he did not show up. But, okay, wait, wait. Norris and Van Damme were pretty much tied for applause when their name came okay. up. The clip did have a good little Norse moment that was a sound cue that it'll be, it'll be good in a theater, okay. I'm sure, but, yeah. And uh, Terry Crews, Randy Couture, Dolph Lundgren? Uh, Terry Crews is fantastic. I've, I mean, uh, Lundgren didn't say anything. The UFC fighter guy that I, you just said his name, I can't remember. Randy Couture. He's, he's a... <laughs> I guess, but he was clearly starting out not a lever, but uh, Cruz certainly uh, he had the charisma to pull off and captivate a uh, 35,000 or 3,500 people. He he could do it, and he was great. Yeah, I look forward to seeing him in more things. All right, I uh, look forward to talking to you more this weekend about stuff, movie stuff that we see. Yeah. Uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. All right, thanks.